0: good clue um.
1: Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We are in the backyard. It's about 85 degrees, I would say. It's very warm. I'm in pants. I could have worn shorts. I could be in shorts right now. Why am I not? I don't know what that means for the rest of my day. My day could go in any direction. Uh I feel comfortable. I'm in a t-shirt, though. I'm I'm warming up immediately. I've got my water. I'm spiraling about the temperature already. What does that mean for half an hour from now? No one can say for sure. We should get into the podcast. I just think today's guest is terrific. It's Gillian Jacobs. Gillian, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. And... As you said before the podcast, your mom's in town, so you're taking some time away from mom.
2: Yes, I had to break away from my mother to be here with you, but so pleased.
1: Uh, How long is your mom in town for?
2: She's in town forever. She's just moved to Los Angeles. Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) But she's not living with me, but she's just moved to Los Angeles.
1: Okay, that's an exciting big development in your life. Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: How often was she visiting prior to moving here?
2: Pre-pandemic, semi-regularly okay. she's also come and visited me on many sets
1: oh sure on
2: sure. many locations <laughs> um and she has incredible stamina. she can handle you know a twelve hour shooting day. oh my God she'll stay there till rap you know a Friday, Friday, late shooting into early Saturday morning. wow you can't pry her away she um <laughs> she's kind of like my spy at Video Village (laughs) there have been times where at the end of the day she's like your producer got into a fight with the director today it was getting
1: heated (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing
2: she pitched she pitched an alt on love once which I was kind of horrified by but they seemed to take in good humor
1: did it end up getting used in any way
2: (laughs) I don't think so it was like a big party scene and they were clearly you know at the monitor trying to come up with alts for one of my lines (laughs) and my mom just piped up, she should call him a Genghis. And I was like, what?
1: (laughs) She should be on every set. She'd like to be. Get this woman in a writer's room.
2: This is incredible. Some of her suggestions don't make a lot of sense, but that really works sometimes.
1: Is Genghis a a word, or is this something she came up with? (laughs) Uh, is it is it meant to uh, as an insult do you think I think so doesn't it sound like yeah I feel like we could get that into the lexicon yeah Genghis feels like see a- there
2: she goes <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's got she has to have her imprint on culture in some way let's get her she'd going. love
2: to <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, is she moving into your neighborhood
2: no she is okay. not I think we're gonna have proximity, but healthy distance. Oh, this is
1: wonderful. Yeah, we're just
2: going to the therapy portion of the podcast.
1: (laughs) I feel like 10 years from now, we're all going to learn there's a much darker relationship. She was controlling your every move. This woman wouldn't leave you alone.
2: (laughs) I So I grew up in Pittsburgh, and all kids who want to be actors in Pittsburgh dream of going to Carnegie Mellon, which is there. It has a really great theater program. My mother, when I was about 12, was thinking ahead and thought, I'll get a job there because you need to work there for six years to get the big tuition discount. So in seventh grade, when I was in seventh grade, my mother got a job at Carnegie Mellon. Um, I, you know, would go and audit acting classes there when I was in high school. My My acting teacher, Ingrid Sonicson, shout out to Ingrid, um, taught there and she would let me audit. But my mother would come and find me every time I went and visited. I'd be trying to pretend like I was in college with all the <laughs> cool kids. And she would come and find me in the cafeteria and yell out to me across the cafeteria, like, "Gillian, Gillian, how's it going? And I was so humiliated. And I think I had a good insight that as the, the only child of a single mother to go to the college that she worked at, It's amazing. It it, it was game over. You know, it was just like Gray Gardens Express train.
1: 100%.
2: So I I broke my mother's heart um, and the bank account and didn't go to CMU.
1: That's heartbreaking to hear. (laughs) The dedication to the employee discount that your mom had, and you throw that in her face.
2: And she stayed until retirement. So I ended up. Dictating 20 years of her life and career.
1: She should have adopted another kid to take <laughs> yes. advantage or found, I don't know, fostered a child or something. That something. discount went to waste. It went
2: completely, absolutely to waste. <gasps>
1: I am horrified. I love an employee discount, a family, friends and family discount. I what mean,
2: was I thinking?
1: <laughs> that is awful. I'm ashamed.
2: I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs>
1: Well, she's uh, paying you back by moving into yes. the same city.
2: Absolutely. Maybe
1: she'll get a job here where she gets some sort of discount. She'll secretly
2: get cast on my next show. <laughs> <laughs> show up. they would be like, we found this amazing actress to play your mother. She's up and coming. Doesn't have a lot of set. credits, but the read, I just felt like she knew you already so well. The <laughs> improvs were like very specific. It's my mom. <laughs>
1: There's a knock on your trailer. Hello, yes. Gillian.
2: Oh, you're sharing a trailer. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's really, really incredible. But you you did spend some time at the university.
2: Yes, I did. And it's really funny because I now will meet and sometimes work with people who went there for college. And I'll be like, I was that weird 13-year-old sitting silently (laughs) in the back corner of your freshman acting class. Like, Josh Gad and I did this scripted podcast together and he was at Carnegie Mellon when I was in high school. And I was like, do you remember there was ever like this? W-? And I looked very young at 13. So I was like, sure. do sure. you remember there was like a child in overalls <laughs> that was in your freshman acting class? He's like, kind of. I was like, that was me. <laughs> I mean, like Matt Bomer, all these people wow. I knew I met when I was in, um, in high school. And they That's were all amazing. college students. Yeah.
1: That's incredible. I mean, welcome to the podcast, Lawnmower.
2: How, how do your listeners respond to ambient noise? They, lo-
1: in general, love some ambient noise. Okay. How often do you get ambient noise in a podcast? <laughs> yes. But how often is it my horrible neighbor mowing their lawn? Mm. These people are out to get me. Really? They, I, I think mean, the that's noise... it, too, as we know it's like spiteful mowing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> is this knowing a them? joke or is this real? No, I, uh, half joking. Really? I feel like they are actively trying to hurt me with the volume in their backyard.
2: Neighbors are parties. really difficult sometimes. They
1: left their sprinklers on for a week once. No, no, no. And it flooded no. back No, <laughs> These people are out of control. And they're, front, they're like...
2: But the joke was on them because that water bill.
1: <laughs> that's must true. Must have been. But this is the thing. I think they're like in their mid-20s and they're like millionaires from the Bay Area, oh. which makes me really mad.
2: Oh. Why don't you invite them on the podcast? What if you make friends with them?
1: Or Maybe just confront just- them completely.
2: And that could be a podcast episode. Yeah,
1: of course. It'd be the first
2: episode with no gift. (laughs) 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 I said no gifts, all right.
1: (laughs) And then colon exposed or something. I want to have a whole podcast just called Exposed, and I expose people in my life.
2: Or it could be like, this could be a first of its kind where it's a sort of like low-grade confrontational podcast, Perhaps leading to true crime as you guys engage in <laughs> dig and engage dig and in dig and sabotage dig. against each other.
1: <laughs> That's a good idea. Where you light the fuse on the podcast, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of self fulfilling. It just it keeps bringing new content. You've got crime. You've got petty complaints.
2: Yeah, you could get the city involved.
1: Oh, I love getting in the city involved. <laughs> um, I mean, where. Okay, we have to stop talking. I mean, we've had at least <laughs> acknowledged my neighbors are the star of the podcast. God bless. You know, they had to break into the industry. What's going on in your life? <laughs>
2: I, th- I think we've already covered it. I mean, let's see. Okay, I should do promotion. My publicist will be angry if I don't. Um, I, I have a new series on Netflix called Transatlantic, um, Ooh. which is, the I think, the reason that we're speaking here today other than a desire to meet you and be on your podcast. What is
1: Transatlantic?
2: So... It is uh, based on the true story of the Emergency Rescue Committee, which was a group of people who helped rescue around 2,000 people out of Europe between 1940 and 1941. Oh. And uh, they had a an approved list of people that they had official visas for to bring to the United States, which included... Really famous artists and intellectuals and writers, like all the most famous surrealist artists. Oh, wow. And then intellectuals, um, Hannah Arendt, Marc Chagall, Max Ernst, all these people who had angered the Nazi party. Right. Um, and there were a few Americans involved in this. And the woman I play is based on a real woman who was a, a, an heiress, a rich woman who was already living in Europe, fled Paris when the Nazis invaded made her way to Marseille in the south of France, and rather than leave, which she could have done because the United States had yet to enter the war, she chose to stay and help fund this rescue operation.
1: Wow, good for her.
2: So she was bankrolling it in part, and um, at one point she rented this large villa outside of Marseille and was sort of hiding all of these artists there as they were waiting to leave And they ended up creating all this collaborative art together while they're living in this villa. Wow. Um, And we got to actually see a lot of it. They have it at the museum in Marseille and there's these collages and they designed their own tarot deck and made... um, they made a surreal, you know, exquisite corpse style where like oh, yeah, each person does its... Sec- so these, like some of the most famous artists of the 20th century were all living together in this villa, creating art together. Wow. And so, yeah, the show's called Transatlantic. It's the same writer as the show Unorthodox. Oh, on wonderful. Netflix. That's a great show.
1: Mars. So you did the entire thing shoot in Marseille? Yes. It, okay, no Glendale, no Burbank.
2: And it was one of those very rare experiences where not only do we shoot it in the city where it actually happened... We did also get to shoot in some of the actual locations. Oh,
1: how exciting!
2: That was pretty special. That's yeah. the sort
1: of thing where you get to like go on basically what would otherwise be trespassing property.
2: Yes. So that one of the main locations that before they moved to this villa, they were at this um, hotel right in the city of Marseille. It was called the Hotel Splendide, and they uh, were interviewing people who were trying to get visas and sort of hiding people there. It's no longer a hotel. And the production designers, they were basically broken um, to try and scout it. And the woman who manages the place almost kicked them out, but they managed to get out. Like, we're d- we're t- telling the story of the Emergency Rescue Committee. And this man, Varian Fry, really led this operation. And we're telling the story of Varian Fry. And she said, Varian Fry? I know everything about Varian Fry. Do you want to see the lobby? And ended up letting us shoot there, recreate what the lobby would have looked like in 1940, wow. shooting some of the actual rooms. So that was really incredible to know that you're, you know, in the actual same building where a good portion of this story took place.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, this I've talked about this on this podcast before, but this is essentially what I want to do. I want to write a movie that takes place in the abandoned Sears on Santa Monica, just so I can go in there because I'm oh dying. Oh my god, I'm dying to get in.
2: I. I'm so curious about it. I will PA on that.
1: <laughs> have you seen this building before?
2: Yes, I have. It's I, like a
1: fortress. Yes. Just completely boarded off. Yes. Clearly been shut down for decades.
2: What are the cross streets? Because I know I've driven past it many times. I feel time. like it
1: might be Santa Monica and maybe west of Western. Yes. Uh, I know
2: exactly what you're talking about. It's it's quite large. It's too. enormous. It looks like sort of a fortress. Did you say yeah. fortress? Yes.
1: It's taking up such a like a block of Los it's Angeles. A fortress of Commerce. Yeah, and it's so strange in a city where uh, real estate is so valuable that this just giant abandoned Sears continues. That's what makes me think maybe there's some sort of magic aura around mm. it that's protecting it, that's keeping it there. Ooh. Why else do we still have the Sears?
2: You know. One of my favorite movies when I was a child was Mannequin 2.
1: Oh, I've only seen Mannequin 1. What happens in Mannequin 2? Don't
2: discount Mannequin (laughs) 2.
1: Does it have Hollywood?
2: Yes, of course. Breakout (laughs) star. Of course. Um, I think Christy Swanson is the star of Mannequin 2. And I think she is transported from the medieval era. Okay, rather
1: than Egypt.
2: I think so. But perhaps... That's going on in there. Maybe it's a magical oh, portal, like a combined sort of like Ghostbusters with like a painting that's a portal and a <laughs> and a department store that has a access to another time and place and magic. And maybe it can't be disturbed.
1: <laughs> I like the idea of entering a picture uh, inside a Sears. So it's like a yes. picture of somebody in Lee jeans or something. Mm-hmm. You're entering Mr. into that Sears. world. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a fantasy land. It's more of a just like uh la 1979 or something
2: i I would love to see that
1: yeah i could get into that but that's my i mean i keep trying to mention it on this podcast eventually somebody's gonna hear it and they're gonna say bridger come to sears come see what's happening and then i'm gonna be unbelievably disappointed
2: yeah you don't know though because it could have been a thing where they said pencils down everybody walk out you know so you know what if it's it's
1: a time capsule frozen in time that's all i want There's like a skeleton of a Santa Claus still in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So before I compelled my mother to work at Carnegie Mellon, at an earlier point of her career, she worked at a now non-existent department store called Kauffman's.
1: Oh, I've never heard of Kauffman's. So
2: it was like a regional department store. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I think it was probably you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, maybe that area. The family is best known because they commissioned Falling Water, the Frank Lloyd Wright oh, house. Oh,
1: wow. That's a lot of money. Then. So that so right. at one
2: point, you know, um, so she's very dedicated to her work. And so a lot of times she would go back to work after the store had closed. And because I was a only child of a single parent, she would bring me with her, so I got the experience of being in the department store after hours.
1: Oh, which for
2: I'm a fan of mannequin, too, so jealous. And she would have me go to sleep in like the pillow display. You know, she <laughs> she'd have me come in <laughs> That's my pajamas. Every child's dream. Yes, it was quite magical. You know those weirdly small beds yeah, they course. have to display the sheets. I would They're sleep like three in those. feet long. Yes, I would. I would curl up in one of those. It was pretty It was pretty special.
1: I haven't seen one of those beds in years. Do they still put those in department stores?
2: Now, this is really sad, but when was the last time I was in a department store? <laughs>
1: I'll tell you the last time I was in one. Uh-huh. There's a weird mall in Eagle Rock mm-hmm. with a Macy's that I went in recently that is absolutely haunted. Yeah. It's so scary. Uh, I should have looked for the beds. I don't remember seeing the beds, but it's still like... They haven't changed anything in there probably since at least it was probably nineteen ninety-eight, the last time that store saw any improvement. It's
2: Dark. not a good time for department stores. It's a rough
1: time to be a Macy's. It's yes. a rough time to be a Dillard's.
2: Uh the, you know, I I did these Fear Street movies for Netflix that oh, were right. And the, the one I was in was set in the nineties and a lot of it took place in a mall and we were shooting it at this mall in Atlanta. And we had no problem taking over a good portion of that mall because there were so few places still Mm -hmm. open. But then we would occasionally get the random, very confused mall patron wandering (laughs) into our shots.
1: (laughs) Bring them into the show. Bring them into the movie.
2: If we didn't have to dress them. Oh, that's right.
1: But if you're at at an abandoned mall at this point, you might be in the appropriate wear. You
2: still think you're in the 90s. There's a chance
1: that you've been trapped in there. It's really hard to say. No, I, I like to. Oh, they're wander. back. They're back now. They're uh, blowing the clippings. We yes. want to make sure the yard looks good, pristine. The lawn is clipped. Now we're going to blow those away, and then I think, unless they've got a weed whacker, yeah. My knowledge of taking care of a lawn—that should be it.
2: Those are the noisiest things. Yeah,
1: the weed whacker and the leaf blower. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the leaf
2: blower is quite loud.
1: Uh, but if are, they
2: do any pruning, that'll be basically silent.
1: Pruning, it'll actually be really pleasant. I love to hear something get clipped.
2: Clip, clip, clip. Clip
1: your tree, clip your thing. Well, I mean, speaking of intrusions and annoying things on a podcast. Uh, My presence.
2: <laughs> well,
1: well, well, well. I was so excited to have Gillian Jacobs. I thought Gillian's going to come over. Everyone loves her. We'll have a great time. Nothing will go wrong. I mean, maybe the neighbors will, of course, try to fuck things up, as they always do. Uh, but I didn't count on Gillian showing up to... I said no gifts. ha. <laughs> With a what's well, obviously a gift. It's in a Hallmark gift bag. <laughs> uh, kind oh, of a, is
2: it? Oh, you're looking at the sticker. It is indeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um It's two ninety nine, by the way. Oops. If you're looking for this uh, gift bag, uh, it's in a. Is this a gingham print? Is that what we're? Getting? I'd say this gingham. Yeah. Leaf blower. Did you pay for them to bring this leaf blower? On?
2: <laughs> I was worried about this podcast appearance, so I thought just have some light sabotage. <laughs>
1: God knows what's next for this podcast. Uh,
2: And my second bit of sabotage was to bring a gift.
1: (laughs) uh, Whatever number three is, you're going to pull out a gun. (laughs) You're just going to murder me in my Um, Uh Oh, The birds! (laughs) My my flock of birds have arrived. (laughs) 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 Okay,
2: going back to transatlantic, we did get to shoot in this incredible villa outside of Marseille. It was beautiful, stunningly gorgeous home. The only problem was a whole flock of birds had taken roost in the oh, house no. oh, and no. there were seemingly a thousand frogs that lived in this <laughs> oh, pond outside. so you'd be doing these emotional high stakes <laughs> life or death scenes and it's just the loudest frogs you ever heard in your life Did you life. have to hold for frogs yes i had to hold for frogs <laughs> and birds it was like and what can you do really it's their home there's more than nothing ours. you
1: can do yeah
2: You couldn't do an arrangement. You know, that's not in the contract you signed with the owner.
1: Or the frogs.
2: Relocate the frogs. (laughs) Yes. So I am very familiar with holding for birds.
1: How long does it take for frogs to stop talking? We'll say it's talking.
2: Until the sun rises. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it it was just.
1: This sounds so magical, though.
2: It is until you're like
1: like exhausted. It's your
2: close up. You're so (laughs) tired.
1: Please. Please. Stop.
2: Yeah, you're you're negotiating with frogs.
1: Plague of frogs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay, well the I'm not I'm gonna barrel through the sabotage. Great, let's I'm not just gonna keep going. let you see. It stop is an incredible
2: podcast. looking bird that it The interrupted bird was us. was gorgeous. It was beautiful. There I've never seen birds. one like it.
1: We have a lot of birds over in this area. We have parrots, we have ravens, we oh, have yes. whatever that was. I don't know any type of bird other than a raven or a crow. Uh so but hopefully we'll have some more than we can observe. But
2: that's what people love in a podcast: they, heard, hear a birds
1: described <laughs> I bet there's a bird watching podcast. I'd listen to I it. I guarantee it. Just two people sitting in the bush, mm-hmm. just watching, <laughs> yep. watching, 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 watching. Five hour long episodes. <laughs> see four birds. Okay, you've tried to distract from this gift, uh, tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am a professional. I want to see what's happening in here. Should I open it up?
2: Why not? Okay, We've well, come this way, all this way. <laughs>
1: Here we go. So as I said, it's in. I think a gingham print, pink, pink and white.
2: Yeah, it's like picnic. Think picnic. Think picnic. Tablecloth. N- table. Cloth, table yes. Picnic tablecloth.
1: And we've got tissue. And
2: I, I like a pink and red color combination. Interesting. Some people don't like it. I. It's I, controversial. Yeah, but I enjoy it.
1: Because it's not monochrome. No. It's they're related. They're but
2: related. Almost.
1: I'll say almost a mother-daughter relationship. Ooh. Wouldn't you
2: say? I think my unconscious mind got me again.
1: <laughs> the red is the mother. The pink is, you know, mixed with the another with the white to make it a little bit different. It's All a mother-daughter right. relationship. There you go. But who knows what's happening in here. Let's open it up. All right. Tissue paper. Tissue. We got the crinkle. Oh, oh. and I think I brought the... There's something heavier. In-
2: yes, that's that is the gift. I wrapped... Rather out. than the tissue paper being on oh. top... <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is very cute. Okay, good. It's a little magnet, uh, a snowman. Snow- I was about to say snowman, like it's a last snowman. name. Snowman. Barry Snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It says snowman from Clementine Hunter Call. Tell me about what's ha- So it's a little like almost it's a, is it ceramic or wood snowman. It's, it's
2: ceramic <laughs> snowman magnet. He kind of looks like an abominable snowman. Yeah, cuz ha- does it have several sets of eyes? I think he's maybe got two nose holes. Oh, those are nose holes, eyes, eyebrows. Two eyebrows, one mouth.
1: It's coming into clarity here. Yes. Uh what what's going on here?
2: I think I purchased this in New Orleans. Perhaps while filming Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Ooh. Uh, I think I purchased this at a museum. That is one of my favorite things to do when on location in a different city is go to the museums. And I think this snowman comes from a gift shop. (laughs) And And it
1: was probably a larger piece of art within the museum or the artist.
2: Yeah. Or I, I don't remember. Can't say I remember much. I may have a Christmas ornament that is also by the same artist
1: perhaps. yeah this feels christmas ornament adjacent
2: yes absolutely like a rankin and bass christmas right character right.
1: character a little bit more freaky
2: oh yeah he's he's uh, up to some stuff
1: yeah and he's got some sort of thing on his foot there
2: i think that might be the artist's signature but it looks like he has little red boots on and red mittens as well
1: right when was the last time you made a snowman
2: Oh, my. We have to go all the way back to my childhood in Pennsylvania, I
1: think. Do you remember ever successfully making a snowman? I feel like every attempt I ever made was mm-hmm. sad.
2: It might have been paltry, but I think I did. I'm, I'm sure I've made a snowman. Okay. And done snow angels.
1: Snow angels. That's an easier...
2: Yes, I've had snowballs thrown at me with a rock in the middle. Were you injured? I remember I was walking home from school and some other kids in my class were throwing snowballs at me. Okay. And I tattled to my teacher. <laughs> um, which didn't endear me further. Were to you them. a big tattler? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love a narc. We love a rat.
2: I've worked on it. I've worked on it. It's one of the things I I think I've improved on. But one time I didn't tattle, but I was walking home from school on lunch break and a boy from my class was telling me that he was going to kill my cat. Okay. And I started crying and a teacher drove by, saw me crying. Okay. Did I then tell her what he had just said? Yes. Okay. Sure. She had already seen me crying. So it wasn't a full tattle.
1: Right. She saw some sort of evidence of a crime. Yes. You, I think you were totally in the right here and probably helped that little boy. Had he uh, committed, yeah, who knows where he would be now? Catricide, catricide, yeah, yeah. You've got to, I feel like you just got to constantly rat people out. I think I support ratting people out, wear a wire, uh, betray whoever. Uh, I think that that's absolutely fine. I remember this may have been a myth uh, or a local urban legend where I grew up, but I was told that somebody had a snowball thrown at their head and their eye popped out. Oof. Do we believe that? <laughs> I feel like you've got to really... How could that be? That's got to be shot out of a machine.
2: I think that's a very good story for parents to repeat. But how How could that... I mean, there was the old, you know, put a rock inside of it to give uh, right. it some more heft and damage. Uh, right. But to pop an eye out...
1: <laughs> that's going to be launched out of a cannon or something. Yes. I can't imagine it. one child's arm is... Uh, strong enough to pop an eye out.
2: I've never contemplated the physics of that, but it seems (laughs)
1: unlikely. Well, this is a science and tech uh, podcast. I did
2: briefly have one of those. Oh, you did? I had a STEM podcast.
1: What happened there?
2: Well they canceled it but <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time while it lasted
1: did you uh, look into physics
2: we never had a physicist uh, we, you know okay we, well
1: there's we, your problem
2: yeah well actually i'm incorrect i think in that um we did talk about black holes and the nature of space and time and if um time travel was actually possible in one episode, Dr. Clifford Johnson, I have to look up his title. Um, so maybe I'm wrong in that. We did talk a lot about birds, though, because birds are actually dinosaurs. I'm
1: hearing a lot of reasons why your pa- podcast was canceled. No, we talked about birds and nothing
2: tens else. Of people liked it. Avi- we had an <laughs> avian paleontologist on. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is g- the relaunch.
2: Yes. Periodic talks. It's Give coming us a back. a taste um yeah i i mean i i found it fascinating but i guess i was the only one
1: what uh did you come to any conclusions as far as time travel goes
2: uh that it wouldn't happen in the way that it's been portrayed in film and television but if you did get very close to a black hole that um the nature of time does change so uh time slows down the closer you get to it so if you were to return to earth it would be as though it many years would have passed but for you would have it would have felt like a much smaller time had
1: oh period of time sure had sort of like uh flight of the navigator is kind of a classic movie mm. with that happening the little boy flies away from florida and comes back and i think his family's dead or something
2: it would be something like that
1: okay yes uh which is haunting
2: Haunting, but unlikely to happen to any of us imminently. So don't stay up at night worrying about that, unless you are in training to become an
1: astronaut. Right. I don't think you're going to accidentally get too close to a black hole.
2: Unlikely. Or
1: travel at light speed. Yeah, there are a lot of
2: other things to worry about.
1: Oh, certainly. The list goes on and on. on. I'd love to just... Freak people out right now and start naming things to worry about. Would you rather travel uh, forward or backward in time?
2: I think f- I'd like to see dinosaurs. Okay. Another place my mother worked was the Natural <laughs> History Museum. Tell
1: me that you took advantage of one of these employee discounts.
2: <laughs> well, I my so my mother worked at the Natural History Museum as well, and I was a teen docent because I'm cool. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> hand in hand with uh, ratting people out
2: Yep And so I worked uh, at this little exhibit for children That oh. was about dinosaurs And so I would love to see dinosaurs So if I could go back to one of the ages of the dinosaur and Okay, sure, sure. I'd like to see that
1: Now, as a teen docent, are you giving tours?
2: We were stationed, okay? Okay. We were were not (laughs) given free reign of the museum. So we had one area, and I remember it was something like I had a ginkgo tree leaf, and I would say, you know, ginkgo trees are so old. They were around at the time of the dinosaurs. We had a piece of... Amber with like a insect frozen in the middle of it. Oh wow. You could um dig for fossils in one little area. Ooh. So we 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 tried to give children a sense of, you know, what life was like during the many millennia that dinosaurs roamed the earth.
1: Do you feel like the other children resented you? Did they think this know it all? Or was it like, oh she's Vaughn Anne knows more, I feel like most kids oh
2: no, now <laughs> you're getting to deep wounds that you're- <laughs> probably resented I didn't have a lot of friends as a child, so <laughs> whatever I was doing wasn't working. They were throwing snowballs at me, telling me they were gonna kill my cat, so
1: I feel like, but what were you doing? what I,
2: I was being me, which was not <laughs> great. I think I was kind of yeah, oh God. <laughs> I'm genuinely I liked the child sad. To you.
1: You were look, let's look mm, at the bright side here. Okay. You were sleeping in tiny beds in uh department stores. Correct. You knew things about dinosaurs and mm-hmm. old plants. Yes. You were best friends with teacher.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's wrong with that, that child?
2: Is a kid who has a lot of friends, who's socially well adjusted, <laughs> and didn't need to do plays with adults to find people to talk to them. <laughs>
1: Every child should be like that. We need more children that are examples like that mm, for other children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've got to get other kids being docents at museums. <laughs> uh, w- Pittsburgh has... What's their famous museum? Is it? The Carnegie. Oh, right. I don't think I've been there. I was in Pittsburgh for oh, about two days. Oh, and the
2: Warhol Museum? Are you okay, I think it was the famous, Carnegie. Yes. yeah. Which is
1: always surprising to me that it's not Carnegie. Because... That's confusing. It's the same man. Right.
2: But we say it correctly.
1: (laughs) Why does everybody else say Carnegie? They don't know. Why didn't he speak up for himself? He had all the money. (laughs) He's (laughs) dead. Well, in the moment, he should have done something.
2: He was, you know, a a titan of industry and a little shy. Started many museums, I mean, many libraries, many public libraries across this country
1: were right. funded by
2: Andrew Carnegie.
1: When you get to that level of, level of wealth, I think there's a real feeling of guilt and you're trying to be like, well, I'm doing something. Yes. I mean, you should, they should all be put in prison, the Sacklers. <laughs> Oof. Let's launch them into space, Oof. Uh, whatever. Uh, but this is kind of a similar thing. Well, he wasn't getting people hooked on opioids, let's be honest.
2: But I don't think the labor practices were great. great, Not Not great. Probably had a
1: lot of uh, people, a lot of kids who would have rather been docents uh, working in factories, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) So his guilt led to a lot of museums in Pittsburgh and libraries across the country.
1: Right. But you were not working at the Carnegie. I that's was such a hard word to say. Oh, that's the Carnegie one we were
2: Natural History Museum. That's where my mother okay. worked
1: when I was really little. What a resume your mom has.
2: Yeah, a lot of I could go into all of them if you'd like. I mean, <laughs> this is what the listeners are looking for. <laughs> are. Uh, yeah, those are the those are the big <laughs> ones, though. The ones that intersected with my life really in any kind of
1: significant way. Right. I mean, let's talk about other people from Pittsburgh. Mr. Rogers. Yes. You uh, kn- what? I rode the little what do we call it? it's not is it the trolley that goes up the hill the funicular the funicular yes uh that was, I think that was like my one real positive experience in Pittsburgh outside of the wedding I went to mm-hmm. uh that was the real highlight for me
2: yeah I can understand that um
1: I had a good time in Pittsburgh let's be honest but that was like for me the the one thing I'll remember
2: it's fun isn't it
1: it's fun I, it was like 98 degrees and the humidity Oof. was at th- at 1000 so I was not comfortable no but It felt like you were in the little toy village.
2: Do you know that I uh, once swam in the same pool as Mr. Rogers when I was was a child? He was a swimmer. Yes. So he and my father belonged to the same athletic club. You're kidding. And... I used to have a lot of my birthday parties there when I was a child. They had a bowling alley in the basement. They had a pool. Ooh. And so I was having a pool party with my, my few friends. The few friends <laughs> I convinced, and maybe it was just the prospect of getting to swim that it got them to agree. <laughs> That'll to get a to my... lot of
1: people to a birthday party. Yeah.
2: And um, so we had rented the pool out for an hour. And I remember when we got there, the lifeguard said, I'm so sorry, but this is when Mr. Rogers swims his laps. Oh, diva. So is it all right what? if he, you know, swims his, we've blocked off a lane for him. You can have the rest of the pool, but Mr. Rogers is going to swim his laps while you have your pool party. And we were <gasps> freaking out. Of course. Freaking out. How many people have you had swim on the podcast who've seen Mr. Rogers in his swim trunks?
1: Very few of us have gone to see that torso or those thighs. Exclusive. <laughs>
2: Yes, so that was a real treat.
1: How long did he swim for?
2: Quite a while. The man was in good shape.
1: Did you get to make noise?
2: Yes, he. I think like children. <laughs> I think it's the premise <laughs> of the be, show.
1: That would be incredible if Silence! this is the first time we learn <laughs> yes. that this man was the queen of the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really nice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the ultimate... Birthday party for a child.
2: And ultimate Pittsburgh icon.
1: Of course. Like yes. everything coming together in a huge way. Mm-hmm. You were pulling out every stop for this birthday party, trying to <laughs> be like someone be my friend.
2: Yeah. They're like, sorry, not enough.
1: Did you get to meet him?
2: Briefly, yes.
1: In swim trunks or dressed.
2: Swim trunks.
1: Wow. This is incredible. <laughs> I know. That is really a wild experience. Yes. Yeah. To be there with a shirtless Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yes. At your birthday,
2: at my birthday, that was the present. <laughs> His presence was a present. There you go. Of yep. course,
1: uh, I imagine he was pleasant.
2: Oh yeah, lovely.
1: Do you remember anything about the interaction?
2: I just remember being truly starstruck. Like he, I, I don't, you know, he's beloved worldwide, but in Pittsburgh, it is like he is. Of course, you know, he is our most beloved person. Right. So to right. have met him in person was.
1: Was he wet or dry? Both. Uh, But when you met him?
2: We're going back. I mean, I just, my most vivid memory is I'm telling me Mr. Rogers would be swimming and then watching him swim laps as we were splashing around and doing handstands. So I don't, I can't give you more than that unless you want me to make it up. Make it up. Make it up. Slander,
1: Mr. Rogers. (laughs) (laughs)
2: he just I I, you know he's he's just what you want him to be which is
1: oh oh, this makes me so happy yeah but how do you focus on your birthday party when Fred Rogers is just splashing around yes wow I mean I can't even imagine
2: I was happy to you know be second seat to Mr. Rogers you really got to concede your birthday party of
1: course to him but every other parent in Pittsburgh is now furious. They're like, I hired a clown. and Oh, my gosh. Gillian gets Mr. Rogers for free. I remember free?
2: An, a f- one of the only birthday parties I was invited to as a child in elementary school. <laughs> there was a clown. And I have a very vivid memory of the clown going up to my friend's grandmother and telling her, you know, I'm also a stripper on the side. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Well, you've got to have that uh, that side hustle. You've got to find a way to make money. <laughs> the
2: duality of man,
1: of course. <laughs> the layers here, mm-hmm. the layers at work. I wonder if he got much uh, much business as a stripper. That's a, to me, that doesn't feel like the right approach to get new business. But but we don't know. We can't true. say
2: that for sure,
1: right? Gr- and when you're a clown, you're so covered up. You approach uh, another person. You're like, you want to see what's happening underneath. Mm-hmm. There's a little curiosity there. Absolutely. Get some of that. That's an interesting stripping idea, actually. You are full clown. Yes. You start by very slowly removing your face paint.
2: Do this, you go, <laughs> does the nose remain on the entire time?
1: That's the last thing that gets taken off. Uh, but this is like an hours-long strip where we're just like barely taking the makeup off. Eventually, the, what is this thing, like the bib? No, the ruffle. The ruffle. Yeah. That gets taken off, and the giant shoes... This is something a clown should look into and a stripper should look into. Magic Someone Mike already five. has.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that is so wild.
2: I couldn't believe that he said that in earshot of me as a small child.
1: Right, and didn't expect to be, like, asked to leave the birthday party. You know, I... Maybe he, Pittsburgh is maybe, hard up for clowns?
2: Maybe there had been a previous conversation with the grandmother that I wasn't privy to. Oh,
1: interesting. She's like, what else have you got?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know. All I know <laughs> is I really remember this
1: <laughs> and there's no judgment on this clown no he was uh, he's working it
2: absolutely he does That's every
1: type of two party.
2: sources of income
1: yeah of course you have I mean, to diversify maybe more he, we could be, he could be peddling drugs
2: we don't know but we
1: simply don't know he could and he's probably dead So we can't ask. We don't
2: know that. (laughs) We
1: should assume he's dead. (laughs) If you're uh, approaching people at children's birthdays about your stripping business, you're probably dead by now. Let's be honest. You've got to separate the worlds. Although this was probably pre-internet, so it's like yellow pages. You've got to get the word out somehow.
2: Absolutely. Do you have
1: a card? That's the question. A little thing to hand to grandma. (laughs)
2: <laughs> is it a two-sided card?
1: Oh, interesting. Save money. Save. But that's uh, an adults-only card. You can't be handing that out to kids at the birthday. Interesting. Yep. This is why your mom hired Mr. Rogers instead.
2: <laughs> I don't think we could have afforded that. Well, I
1: don't know. I don't know. For all you know, this is, your mom's been oh keeping, my God. that's her secret. It
2: wasn't Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He had long red hair (laughs) Looking back on it
2: Oh my, see what you want to (laughs) see
1: An eye patch This was not Mr. Rogers (laughs) Wow, interesting Wow, you had the ultimate children's birthday party I'm so excited for you (laughs) Uh, And all I got to do was ride the funicular (laughs) Do you say funicular or funicular?
2: uh, As I was saying it I, I felt like I wasn't saying it correctly
1: I can't picture that word in my head
2: I know Angel's flight downtown
1: downtown
2: that's not its original location you know they Where moved it? it they moved it there it was actually like functional because you know now you just ride it up and down it takes you it doesn't, nowhere it doesn't actually get you anywhere in its original location it actually took you from a higher elevation to a lower elevation
1: how high of an elevation? It must have been There's longer. There's hills downtown originally. LA, you know? That's true.
2: So I don't know where it was, but I know it was moved there. Okay. Yes.
1: When they decided to, there must have been a fitness craze where like, you're now walking up the hills.
2: <laughs> well, we used to have a lot of uh, trolley cars in Los Angeles. What a shame. I know. And so I think the purpose of it was for commuters. It took you from one trolley line to another. You might want to do some fact checking on don't this. Don't look
1: into it, Annalise. Don't
2: look into it.
1: <laughs> Gillian has worked at a museum has had a science podcast. I mean, unlicensed docent. No, I've been on the Angel's Landing thing, and it was a fun novelty, but... Ultimately useless.
2: Yes. So the one in Pittsburgh actually has the advantage of taking you somewhere. It does
1: take you somewhere. Yes. Unless Uh, you're me and then you just get to the top and wonder, well, now I I guess I'm hot and have to go back down.
2: Mount Washington, which is what it takes you up to. uh, There are many restaurants right along that sort of cliff line with beautiful views of downtown. And that was like the go to fancy, expensive prom dinner anniversary big life event event place and to go.
1: And like in your prom dress, do you write up the thing to the restaurant or do you take Didn't a Didn't go to
2: prom, so I wouldn't know.
1: Okay. Well, welcome to Gillian's Pity Party. <laughs> 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 well, let's, uh, in theory, you would wear your prom dress.
2: Yes, because actually at the base of it, there is a hotel that has a ballroom, which was a frequent location for school prom. So right. I'm envisioning oh. a world in which Maybe you get dropped off at the base. You take the funicular, funicular to the top of Mount Washington, have your dinner, ride back down, then go to the hotel for your prom.
1: Interesting.
2: I've mapped it out for some high school.
1: And it feels like all of these places are in cahoots with each other, like ferrying teens to the restaurant. Like all of this, people are getting paybacks or what is that uh a... Kickback. 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 Yes. Payback is a different thing. Mm -hmm. We do love payback. If you stop
2: paying the kickback. Oh, then then you you get get payback.
1: Interesting. (laughs) That's that's where that word comes from. Um, Yeah, prom at a hotel. We just had them in our high school gym.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. No, I'm actually lying. We had dances at the high school gym. The prom happened at the Capitol. What's that? Like the Capitol building. What? Yeah.
2: Where did you grow up?
1: Uh, Utah, right outside of Salt Lake City. Wow. So you would go up to the Capitol building... And dance in the rotunda. Or is it rotundra? Tunda. Now I rotundra think... is a different, is a new thing that's oh. kind of an icy landscape. A tundra. Yes. Uh, with frozen. Maybe there's a yeah, the... there's a
2: capital building on a tundra.
1: <laughs> in Russia or something.
2: Yeah. Wow. So you went to a governmental building for your prop? Yeah.
1: Prom? I'm wondering now are there some kickbacks there? Hmm. That feels like there's some there are some conflicts of interest.
2: But that's a very stately prom to have.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wonder what the logic was behind that. Maybe money was being saved. No, they didn't want to rent large out a hotel. Large open space. There was a large open space. Uh, hard floors. Yes. And uh, I don't know. So was it
2: like they'd have like the state constitution on display, right? Oh, Where you're yeah. like got the punch bowl, like... <laughs> Wow,
1: Yeah, I've never and, heard of this Yeah, and I, now I'm thinking I don't even know that there was a punch bowl I don't know that there were any level of refreshments That can't be true That
2: Well, think about it though If you're in a governmental building And there could be things of value around maybe you you say no refreshments they all don't right want fine kids can... splashing
1: punch yeah and...
2: you can have the dance here but no refreshments
1: no juice mustaches mm-hmm. that sort of go thing to the
2: water fountain
1: <laughs> yeah i can only remember going to the water fountain did you go to any high school dances
2: i went to a, a few of the ones leading up to prom but not prom
1: okay and so your performance at these other ones Didn't. meant <laughs> she cannot come to the prom i was out <laughs> It's kind of a trial you had to go through. Interesting. I failed. (laughs) I just recently, uh, and this is burning off part of the game that we usually play, but somebody, uh, a listener had mentioned adult prom. Have you heard of this? No. I didn't look into it, but I guess that's a thing. I guess people as adults have, Lisa, have you ever heard of this? What is it? I mean the ones that I know of are more like themed like for queer people so it's like the people that did get to go with the people they wanted to in oh, high school. Oh, I like that. Okay, I can into like, this go to idea. Prom, but with, you know, the gender they're actually attracted to. It's like
2: a experience. Yes. Oh, I like that. Okay,
1: I can support this. I don't support straight prom though. It's like you had your chance. interesting. I mean, prom in general, let's just say it's a bad idea. I'm kind of against prom at all.
2: I'm not up at night thinking about the fact that I didn't go to mine
1: until today
2: until today yeah this I, is the, I'm okay
1: so begins your downward spiral
2: it began <laughs> hours ago
1: uh, exactly 45 minutes ago. yes
2: no I mean I I remember I went to uh, okay this is giving you a full picture of me I went to an international relations summer camp at Georgetown oh, in high school
1: you are every parent's dream child <laughs>
2: We played like Model UN, oh. you know, and had lectures from Georgetown professors and lived in the dorms. And I remember we had a dance at the end of this program. And for a lot of us, I'll say this is the first dance we'd ever gone to. Sure, sure. So there was fair. a lot of excitement and energy, <laughs> you know, there. And no one had to be asked, you know. Oh, that's very sweet. You were freed from your, you know, context of your normal high school. It was right. all of us there together. That was a really fun time.
1: Yeah, that sounds, and uh, like, What country did you represent in the U.N.?
2: I don't think I did well enough to be like on the U.N. Security Council (sighs) list. I can't remember which country it was. I just remember like a lot of hours spent in a classroom with a whiteboard and us trying to figure out strategy, but realizing that we didn't basically have any leverage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you did get to go to the dance.
2: I did get to go to the dance. Yeah, that was really fun.
1: I mean, maybe the U.N. should hold a dance every year. Maybe that could help with, UN prom? Uh, with relations. Yeah. <laughs> International relations would be completely fine <laughs> if everybody got to go to the dance. <laughs> I don't know. These are just my ideas. They're mm-hmm. all good. Um, get
2: on a plane to New York. Head over <laughs> to the U.N.
1: Storm the U.N. Hmm. <laughs> That's another good idea for mm. me. I think good things happen when you storm a building.
2: Mm, yes. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, this all started just because we were talking about this little snowman, (laughs) which we've almost said nothing about. What
2: is there to say?
1: What is there to say? Did you
2: make a lot of snowmen growing up in Utah? No, they were
1: all bad. Okay. They were all, I think it, but that's more of a like a commitment issue for me where it's just like, ugh, I'm cold and wet. Yeah. I've got half a snowman, I'm done.
2: Are you a skier?
1: I was a skier and then a snowboarder, and now. Haven't done it in years. I have actually a friend gave me a snowboard that has now been sitting in my garage for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I need to get the bindings attached. But again, commitment, follow through is very hard for me. So that's just kind of waiting for me. Do you do either? No. Have you ever done either? No. Interesting. Would you you know? I mean, from your answer, it doesn't seem like there's any interest.
2: Here's another childhood story. My (laughs) father got me ski lessons when I was a very small child. Um, I'd say let's say like six or seven years old. Okay. He goes off to ski for an hour, he comes back, he asks the teacher, So how'd she do? And the teacher said, She refused to move and she said it was too dangerous. <laughs> Why would she want to learn how to do that? So I utterly refused my one and only ski lesson as a child.
1: I mean, but probably saved your life. I think you knew better.
2: I think it's quite sensible. I uh, mean,
1: 100% sensible. I
2: did not want to slide down a mountain covered in snow and ice.
1: So no, no, no. Sorry no. about it. <laughs> not in Pennsylvania.
2: Not in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's not
1: famous snow.
2: Not at all. I mean, it's that's, that's an older mountain range as well compared to the western United States.
1: You've got these cool new mountain ranges yeah, <laughs> that everybody's dying uh, to Yeah. You get off. grew
2: up around the much the hot, younger. Trendy. Yeah.
1: Mountain ranges. Um, yeah, I skied as a kid uh, and then snowboarded. Uh, it's so dangerous. I, I think the skiing became scary to me when Tony Danza broke his back. Do you oh, remember this? I don't
2: remember this.
1: <laughs> I think 1993. This had a huge imprint mm-hmm. on me. Tony Danza, Utah, skiing down, flying down the mountain, runs into a tree. Hmm. I wonder if he ever skied after.
2: These are all the things I was thinking about as a child.
1: It's very scary. Yeah. You're going very fast.
2: Like, both feet on the ground. Oof. Sedentary, please.
1: <laughs> and if it can happen to Tony Danza, it can happen to anyone. Truly. Well, maybe it's maybe it's down the road for you.
2: I think not. I think
1: not. <laughs> What's the most dangerous thing you do? What's the most exciting thing you do?
2: I mean, I think it would be driving in Los Angeles. <laughs>
1: Do you drive on the freeways? Here? Oh, you yes, you do. You came yes, on the freeway here. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I barely drive on the freeways. Really? Here. I get on Google Maps and I type avoid highways.
2: Have you had a negative experience on one, or it's just a- my
1: own personal driving? Oh, uh, just you don't trust me yourself? as a driver gets well, worse. Thank and worse. you. Then I uh, as
2: a as a driver in Los Angeles County, I say thank you. Then
1: yeah, I've got to stay off the freeways at all costs. Okay. Uh, I try. I mean, on occasion, you have to. Yes. But so I, do you
2: limit yourself mainly to this general neighborhood? Oh,
1: no. I'm all over town. I'm just you simply just take on surface a streets. a long
2: time to get there.
1: <laughs> it's usually 10 to 15 minutes longer. Yes. Uh, but look, I like listening to music.
2: Your own podcast. Uh,
1: I, I just have my podcast loop. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, let's get the sound of my own voice at high, high volume. <laughs> uh, no, I don't Let mind.
2: me guide me. <laughs>
1: me listening to my own podcast on the freeway would be immediate death. I would steer (laughs) off the road. It would be the end for me. No, I don't mind spending time in the car. So I'm like, let's get on. Let's go 30 miles an hour. Uh, But you're dangerously driving. You're reckless. Let's just be honest.
2: I didn't say I was reckless. I just think it's, you know,
1: it's exciting.
2: It's probably the thing I do that has the highest likelihood of, you know, Something going
1: wrong. Right. And there's that one part where you pass through downtown where there are 14 (gasps) freeways. So many. And you have to be from one lane to another in a split second.
2: That's frightening. I I just end up getting on the wrong one, exiting, turning around. At a certain point, you can't merge that many times.
1: It's a given. You will just be on the wrong freeway for a little while and you'll have to correct.
2: I'm at peace with that.
1: Yeah, of course. It's much better than putting your life in jeopardy.
2: Oh, yeah. Zooming across six (laughs) lanes. (laughs)
1: Is there anything you exciting you do that you enjoy?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> told you, I got you this gift. I was going solo to museums. I mean, that is my favorite thing to do when I, you know, when in a new place, I like to go to as many museums as possible. Have I not told you enough already?
1: You've got to spice it up. This is now this is my new goal. I'm going to write the movie about the abandoned Sears. Okay, but you're going to star in and have to... Uh, fall from the sky into, drop from the sky into the Sears uh, I have been on parachute.
2: wires in a scene. I did oh. one, I did a movie, Magic Camp, where I played a magician and oh. I, I had to make an entrance onto a stage that involved me being on wires and <laughs> seeming to fly, float down onto the stage.
1: So was I've that done fun that. or uncomfortable? I, you know,
2: I was shockingly cool about it given how afraid I am of everything. <laughs> that I was all right with. That seemed like, yeah a small thing to do comparatively that seems
1: like a good time with professionals
2: yes <laughs> my, just... po- my
1: new podcast a good
2: time with professionals <laughs> um, not
1: a bad idea
2: Better than my science podcast, apparently. Kind of at risk. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, so I've been on wires for that. That was all right. I didn't mind that so much. When I was a child, I did this play and I remember the director saying to me, as an actor, never do anything that the director won't demonstrate for you themselves. <gasps>
1: oh, interesting. So I've
2: tried to keep that mantra in
1: mind. Oh. Okay. Like, show
2: me. <laughs> you want me to do what?
1: That's so smart. Show me. That's the opposite of Tom Cruise.
2: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very
1: interesting. But yes, it's like if somebody offers you food, it's like, I want to see you try it. Yes, exactly. Maybe it's gross. Maybe it's could, poisoned. Could be. Could be both.
2: Both things have happened in the history of the world.
1: I, imagine biting into a gross piece of food that then is poisonous. What a waste.
2: What a waste. You should disguise the poison. It's You're not a very good poisoner if you've made the food gross. And a
1: horrible chef. Mm-hmm. Take some lessons before you try to kill me. Exactly. That's all I want—just a little bit of professionalism and and assassination. Please. Please. Wonderful. Well, I think we should play a game. Okay, let's. We're gonna. I'm trying to commit to playing every other game in this podcast, every other episode, because I've been a failure. So we're gonna play Gift or a Curse. Okay. I need a number between one and ten from you.
2: Three.
1: Okay. I have to do some light calculating. I'm gonna get the game pieces. Blah blah blah. You have the mic. You can promote, recommend, insult, do whatever you want.
2: Despite comments made previously on this podcast, I think my science podcast was an enjoyable listen. We worked quite hard on it there 's two seasons of episodes if you'd care to listen it 's called periodic talks. We had a whole we had astronauts we had um, avian paleontologists, as I said we had volcanologists we talked to people who study whales all right um, don 't be dissuaded. I think a curiosity about the world around us really improves your enjoyment of life. You you look at trees with new eyes. You listen to bird songs and think dinosaurs. Check it out. Incredible.
1: I'm glad that you're uh, recommitting to the podcast. <laughs> my,
2: my inactive defunct podcast I'm promoting.
1: <laughs> but it's nice to get a thing that's finished. You know that like, yes. you listen to the whole thing and it's over. It's done. You're not trapped in a... Don't a, worry. A, they didn't
2: <sighs> want us to do more. <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, my listeners are in a lifelong contract. I'm never going to stop. You have to listen to thousands of episodes. We're here in it together until I die. So kill me or keep listening. Uh, I'm just begging to be injured. What's wrong with me? Um, This is how we play gift or a curse. I'm going to name three things. Uh You're going to tell me if they are a gift or a curse and why. Mm -hmm. And then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong because there are correct answers. All right. I like this. Okay, so the first one here, uh, this is a listener suggestion from somebody named Hans. Gift or a curse, cell phone towers that look like trees. Are you familiar with these things? Yes,
2: I am. I need to know a little
1: bit more. Okay, so these... Would
2: it injure the birds if they land on them?
1: Ooh, I'm not the one with the science podcast.
2: If As long as it's not injurious to birds, then I think it's a gift because it's improving... The Vista okay. for all of us. And they seem necessary. We need them.
1: Okay, sure. Unless
2: we're going to somehow go to underground cell phone towers. but the, the I don't know a lot about science, but it doesn't seem like that's going to work. So we have to have them. I'd rather look at what I think is a tree than a cell phone tower. And as long as it's not hurting birds and they can land on it, I'm all right with it.
1: Oh, Gillian, I hate to hear it. It's a curse. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, what a pessimistic view of technology that we may never have cell phone towers underground. Okay. Give it to science. Give it to the. Let's, let's, we've got to hope. This
2: we, is so- why my podcast was canceled. <laughs> I can only see what's in front of me and currently
1: possible. We've got to get these things underground. All right, okay. Uh, I think point? these things, I mean, of course, they're hideous. Yeah. They do not look like trees, they look hmm. like cell phone towers. Okay. Uh, and if we're going to d- dress these things up, why not go crazy with it? Oh. We all know it's not a tree. Okay. What are some other things that, that, could, that could be a candy cane? Uh, first thought candy canes all over Wonderful. the world. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, why not a cactus? That, right. I feel like that would actually be easier than a tree.
2: How many cacti have you seen that are as tall as a
1: tree? Well, that's the thing. I'd like to.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. So more, we're going into more fanciful. Yeah. A, a more fanciful world. The opportunity's there. All right. You're right.
1: They could be, I mean, they could be almost anything. It could be a giant, abominable snowman. Mm. It's so wasteful and so, uh, I mean, whoever is in charge of this should be fired and I should be hired.
2: All right. I like that. I'm looking for work. Okay. Uh,
1: Curse. Absolute curse. I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm I'm at least glad you're willing to accept that. Absolutely. Okay, so zero so far. Okay. Hate to hear it. Uh, Number two, this is from somebody named Allie. Gift or a curse? Knocking after trying the locked door handle in public restrooms. Curse. Why? You've
2: already been told what you need to know. Mm-hmm. The door's not opening. And unless <laughs> unless you have to go so imminently that it's going to be disastrous and you have some way of knowing that the person is finished in there and just refusing to come out, <laughs> respect that the door is locked.
1: <laughs> oh, Gillian. <laughs>
2: How am wrong it's again? It's a
1: gift. Why not give the person on the other side a little thrill?
2: Oh, really? Uh,
1: just keep rattling it, rattling okay. it, rattling it. The person on the other side is trying to use the restroom. Mm-mm. They're trying to stay calm. They're in a public place. Yes. They're in a private moment. Suddenly, the it's like a horror movie.
2: Okay. All right. All right. So we want to both in, introduce whimsy, <laughs> enormous, abominable snowmans and a little bit of
1: terror into people's lives. There should be a little bit of safe horror in okay. everyone's life. All right. Uh, Fair enough, and also it does send the message: I'm ready to use the bathroom. Yeah,
2: I have to go. You're and not it's the only soon person going to become everyone's problem.
1: <laughs> right now, it's just your problem. Yes, uh, I can
2: make it your problem as well.
1: Yeah, I see. No, I see no problem with just constant, relentless all rattling right. of the door. All right. I mean, how about we build more stalls? See, and that, it's also sending out a message to society: <laughs> Let's all get on board. There should have been another stall, another bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you should have had two toilets in the same bathroom. Ooh, now we're thinking.
2: <laughs> I know Megan Trainer had two toilets installed next to each other in her home so she and her husband could go to the bathroom at the same time.
1: That's right. And how do we feel about that? Singer-songwriter Megan Trainer. You've already
2: said you want two toilets in one stall, so we know how you feel.
1: She's sitting there hand in hand with her mm-hmm. husband, they're both doing whatever they need to do on yep. the toilet. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's the trainer model. Okay. Let's. Uh, I'm going to get some legislation started. Megan and I will spearhead this. <laughs> Megan, I'm reaching out. She has a podcast. She has a podcast? Is it about the bathroom?
2: It, probably they touch upon it because this is a news story that really took off. So they have probably had to address it at one okay, point. Okay, so
1: maybe it came up on the podcast. I, I'm
2: assuming it's not singularly about toilets, but... This whole thing of the two toilets probably has been mentioned.
1: She was probably recording from the toilet.
2: The acoustics might
1: oh, interesting. be
2: tricky if it's a tiled ba- I don't know. A dramatic. Yes.
1: And we know a she a drama. singer's like strama. an echo. She loves echo. Reverb. Reverb. Uh, Megan, reach out. We've got to get into this. Uh, we've got to get two toilets to each restroom. Okay, so zero out of two so far. All right. I, I mean, this is dismal. Absolutely horrible performance. <sighs> Number three, Mm -hmm. uh, this is from Paul. Paul has suggested gift or a curse, time jumps in movies or TV shows where everyone has to wear a wig for some reason. Oh, this is a curse. Why?
2: Do I need to tell you how many bad wigs there are in film and television? (laughs) And as an actress, I am very afraid. (laughs) I've worn a bad wig, I don't want to do it again. On the show Transatlantic, I got to have some incredible... I I worked with one of the most talented hairstylists I've ever worked with in my life. I believe she could have made a wig look good. But (laughs) wearing these amazingly elaborate 1940 hairdos, I really did not want the audience to be going, that's a hair hat. (laughs) So... I've just seen so many great performances that now have the asterisks of bad wig. And I, I don't want it. I don't want it for any of my fellow actors. I want to save them.
1: You want to save them? Yes. Gillian, welcome to the Losers Club. You've lost the entire game.
2: I'm this is a short sorry. list. I don't apologize for that last one.
1: An opportunity to wear a wig is always good. There's no reason you should... I mean, I applaud every time somebody's in a wig. I'm happy for it, even if it's the most distracting. When it becomes distracting, it adds to my experience.
2: You like it more.
1: I love it. I love thinking, well, that's a wig.
2: Well, that's a wig.
1: And I will say this, though.
2: Then you must be happy all the time because i see mainly bad wigs
1: this is to be fair to you and to be fair to the listener who's screaming whoever uh the anti-wig group uh i think i have wig blindness
2: Mm. i have a
1: really hard time so you don't know
2: what you're talking about with this one (laughs) you don't you actually don't know no there are incredible wigs out there and you know what I'm a fool because I'm sure I've seen many a wig on camera that I, it's so good I didn't know it was a wig.
1: Mm-hmm. And then how? that's a magic trick.
2: Yes. So I just can think of several quite bad wigs <laughs> I've seen, which I felt like detracted from excellent performances.
1: Uh, I did. I was rewatching watching a TV show recently that I absolutely adore. I won't say what it is. The final episode is incredible, but there was, this time there was a wig I saw that I thought, See? well, there's a wig. Interesting they didn't go a little further with the budget on that wig. Yes. Uh, But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Okay. Uh, And we love a wig on everybody.
2: I mean, as I'm saying this, yes, I do love a wig on everybody. (laughs) I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. I've seen some incredible hair artistry on, on that program. Amazing wigs. So, yes, I'm wrong, but I'm also right.
1: You're a wig snob. How
2: about this? How about this? I want to advocate for better wigs.
1: Okay, you're this a better is, wig this advocate. This is a challenge
2: to line producers everywhere. When the hair department head comes to you and says, I need this amount of money for wigs, you say yes.
1: That should always be top of the budget.
2: As an actress, I think it should be.
1: And uh, well, actually, I don't care. I'm, I mean, I'm standing by my point. I don't care how much money you... spend a dollar on the wig. I love it. You
2: get what you pay for.
1: Throw somebody in the worst wig you can find. The hair can be falling out of it during the performance. <laughs> I don't care.
2: All right. <laughs> Let Let's see what we do to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
2: I've already contended with frogs and birds. <laughs> And a number of things. I, I don't want to contend with a wig so bad no one can listen to what I'm saying. Hold for Bridger's wig falling apart. Yes.
1: <laughs> I look forward to the day. I challenge anyone to put me in a bad wig. I've lived through worse this is the final segment of the podcast. I'm ready. It's called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts No one listens gmail. to com. you. I'm my th- life is a living hell. Good it's Lord. It's horrible.
2: <laughs> the cue the neighbor's gardener starts up again. <laughs> Not a moment of peace. No, I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, it's agony. Pure and sheer agony. And the only people with worse lives than mine are my listeners. <laughs> They all have a problem. They all have to write in about it. They're all, all looking right. for help. Will you help me answer a question? Absolutely. Okay. I,
2: apparently I'll be wrong, but...
1: <laughs> we'll see. Well, I believe in you. I believe in us. Thank you. Uh, this says- you believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at myself in a mirror right yeah. now. I'm talking to myself in a mirror. Uh... This says, hello, dearest Bridger, and insert guest's name. Okay, so Gillian Jacobs. I'm turning 30 this year, and I never feel comfortable asking people for gifts because I truly feel their company is enough. That's very sweet. However, one of my friends hinted at having a, quote... Huge, unquote, gift for me that I would, quote, remember forever, Uh unquote. I'm scared. (laughs) Being autistic and hating surprises, this caused me to freak out until last week I found out that she wanted to take a trip together. We met up to try and plan this trip, but dot, 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 she kept mentioning the price per person. This means she wants me to pay for both my plane ticket and hotel. Uh, Am I an ungrateful friend for feeling weird about this? I never asked for an extravagant gift or trip. Can I bring this up with her without making her feel bad about this? Many thanks, and that's E from Sweden. E is in some hot water here.
2: Yeah, this does not feel like a gift to me. I I think by definition a gift doesn't require you to spend any money.
1: Oh, well... If
2: someone's giving you a gift, sure, is your expectation that you will have to pay Suddenly something? I'll be
1: in debt thousands of dollars? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's up in the air for me.
2: Maybe if they get you one month of a subscription and you have to maintain it or oh, cancel it. Oh, interesting.
1: Now that's a trap. That's more of a trap to me than a gift.
2: Now, I think you just have to be honest with this person and say, I would love to. How about we have a local experience <laughs> uh, together.
1: Uh, what is that a stay vac- a or staycation. vacation yes
2: i'd love to do perhaps like a day of adventures around the place where we live
1: interesting or this okay. is the
2: amount of money i feel comfortable spending where can that get us right but the amount of money you're proposing i'm not comfortable spending
1: right my real question here is we're not i don't know the e or we are clear that the, the, the trip is the gift Little do I mean. Maybe the giver has a gift on another continent that they already spent all of their money on, and now they're like, "How do I get E there to show them the gift?"
2: You just. I think you just have to say this is a moment of 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 honesty. Wait, I screwed
1: up big time. Or it, I don't
2: think E screwed up. big no, time. No, I'm saying the other yes. person
1: should say this. Yes, and I, E sh- E should say you screwed up big time.
2: Mm-hmm, you that's failed how failed
1: me as a friend. Yes, and I didn't want to go with you on a vacation before and now even less yeah
2: no i I, I don't know this this is also giving me anxiety the prospect of can
1: you this. imagine
2: <laughs> no I don't I don't like this for e so i I think e maybe it's nice to say like do we have a common interest is there something we both really like doing can we do that together can we do it locally
1: do you want to see a movie this afternoon
2: yeah we want to walk around the block
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a huge crossroads for e and I think e should just confront this person i i say, think do you know do you understand what a gift is
2: oh i just don't think you should let this go on for much longer i, I, I think, think it's the end of the relationship I, no i'm not saying that but <laughs> okay, i'm saying it's well. time for a frank conversation with this friend where you say i i really don't want this what you're doing i appreciate the sentiment perhaps sure if, if you feel that way e. sure um but i i cannot do this so let's come up with a Plan B.
1: Yeah, just look them in the face and say, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And it might be a huge help for this person because, for all we know, this person is giving, quote, trip, unquote, to all of her friends and making them pay for all of these trips and losing friends left and right.
2: You could also brainstorm with this friend and let's think of somebody who'd want
1: to do this with you. Interesting.
2: So this person then gets to still do this, just not with E. Right.
1: And the only other big red flag here is that the... huge and remember forever about the gift. Uh, Sounds a little bit ominous.
2: I mean, have they ever gone on a trip together previously? Because you can have a very good friend and also not be good travel companions.
1: Oh, you can, I mean, that could be an absolute hell.
2: Yeah, that's that's a separate category of friendship. Uh That's a subset of friendship. Yes. And actually, maybe somebody who's not even a very good friend might be a better travel Mm -hmm. companion fit for you.
1: Right. So...
2: is there are there previous experiences that would lead this person to think that they and E would be good travel companions?
1: Exactly. Let's
2: let's maybe pivot this and present it to this friend as I'm trying to save you from a <laughs> potentially unfun trip that you've built up a lot in your head. You have a lot of expectations already, but maybe we're not the best fit to travel together. Let's figure out who would be the best fit so you can have the best time of your life and then we'll do something else. Locally for my birthday.
1: It's perfect.
2: It's perfect. And
1: maybe in the meantime, you can tell me why you are uncomfortable just saying, do you want to go on a trip? Rather than masking it as a gift.
2: <sighs> Gosh. I mean, maybe this person felt a lot of pressure to come up with something significant.
1: Well, they dropped the ball.
2: Humans are fallible. <laughs> well, All certainly. Right. So we're going to we're gonna have a moment of grace that this person... I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing when you're giving a gift to not just think about what you would want, to really think about the other person. Mm -hmm. What do they want? As I clearly did with you, I (laughs) thought, what will he... An abominable snowman (laughs) magnet. This was
1: on my wish list. I
2: know, I saw it. This is the whole premise. Actually, this is a very relevant question for you in the premise of this podcast, because you are continuously saying no gifts, no, and no one is listening to you. So you and E have a lot in common.
1: Yeah. E and I, I mean, maybe E and I should go on a vacation or not. Maybe not because neither of us wants to spend money on a vacation. Say to each other, I'm not going to make you go on a vacation. I'm going to let you have a nice day at home. Yes. That's what E deserves. I agree. And this friend should think about what they've done. Oof, we answered that question perfectly.
2: Oh, I finally did something yes, well. Yes,
1: I'm so impressed. <laughs> I'm—I mean, I'm shocked. I'm floored after today's well, performance. I, I
2: agreed with you. That's why we're saying <laughs>
1: <laughs> that has nothing to do. With it. Uh perfectly answered. I now have this adorable little gift. I can put that on the fridge.
2: I read some of the other gifts you've received, and mine doesn't seem like the worst.
1: Oh, I could. There, I mean, there's probably a list of at least fifty things that I need to eject from my <laughs> home that I need to absolutely just burn uh i'm gonna find a way to give them away at some point
2: oh we could have a yard sale
1: i've considered a yard sale i've considered a live show where i give (gasps) them away i
2: volunteer if you'd you'd ever have me back i'll be on the live show
1: i've got to find a way to get because i i have held on to every gift except for one that was a piece of garbage
2: I went, went to a uh, book signing, book reading that David Sedaris did um, at at a Barnes and Noble in New York, and he had gone to his storage unit right before and brought a bag of things from his storage unit to that's give That's incredible. Away. So as he signed your book, he gave you a thing from his storage did unit. Did you get anything? I did, but I no longer have it. That's the curse of um, moving like every six oh, weeks, yes, living course. in New York City, never actually having a lease. And Do you
1: remember what it was?
2: I think it was like a bookmark.
1: Oh, that's a nice... I mean... Yeah. A, l- on, a little on the nose for David Sedaris. Wow. Self promotional.
2: <laughs> so you could do something like that.
1: It's not a bad idea. I've got, I mean, eventually they're, I'm going to be crushed under an avalanche of gifts. And
2: podcast live shows are all the rage.
1: People love to do a live show.
2: People love to do a live show and they love What's to attend a live me? show. Let's get let's call Largo right now. <laughs> get on over Largo,
1: there. Largo, get me on the phone. I, I, that's the problem. I need the venue to come to me.
2: Because that's what you've been waiting <laughs> I for. I refuse to
1: do any of the work <laughs> myself. Um, I've had such a wonderful time with you here today. I've had
2: a fabulous time.
1: I'm sorry about the lawn mowing. I'm sorry about the leaf blowing, but you paid for it. You gave the neighbor the money.
2: Yes, I like to add a little element of sabotage to all my <laughs> podcast appearances.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Listener, time to go. It's Singular to- listener. <laughs> 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 Candy, I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, the, the podcast is over. It's over. It's over. Find something to do with your day. I trust that you'll figure it out. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nilsen, and it's beautifully mixed by Liana Squilacci. And we couldn't do it without our guest booker, Patrick Cotner. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? When I invited you here
0: I thought I made myself perfectly clear You're a guest in my home